It's time once again for the greatest podcast this side of the Mississippi. Now with Les Salmonella, the Shufflebox Podcast. Here's your hosts, Alex Big Dog Vallejos and Hugh Hefner Marcelo Crow. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Shufflebox. I am Marcelo, and uh, this is Alan. I'm the big dog, Alex. I don't know. Hey, Marcelo has some. You're just about. He's just about to share a funny story. Oh, I guess, at McDonald's. Yeah, no, two things that happened. That for so okay. So tonight, I just went to McDonald's and I went to the drive-through, and then the guy hands me the food. He didn't give me my drink, but he was just already like giving me the goodbye. I'm just like, all right, thank you. I just stare at him like, all right, I'm waiting for my drink. And then, uh, <laughs> then there's just like a soda that's in front of him that's been in front of him the whole time, and he's just like, is this it? And it's just a black soda. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> he just like looked at me. It was just like it was Dr Pepper. <laughs> and then he's like, oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> Okay, it was, it was just kind of like this. It I don't fucking know, my guy. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't work. I. I, I don't work. You just poured that not even a minute before. <laughs> like I don't know. Was it? Was it busy? No, I was the only oh. car there. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, the uh, bark bark. The um, the other thing that I <laughs> had in mind was uh, it was just this. This came to me, and I don't know why this story like. I remember, I, and I feel like I've been one to share it on the podcast. It has not, this has nothing to absolutely do, nothing to do with the movie we're talking about today, Suspiria. But um, no, just when I was younger and I was like 13, 14, and I went with my mom to bingo, we would go on occasion, kind of infrequent, but she liked going when she could. Um, we, I remember we went to this bingo hall. Every For some reason with this bingo hall, when... They'd bring up like the the person who did the the calling of the numbers. The I want to say it's not shot caller, <laughs> the baller of the bingo crew, the fucking big pimp. Um, they would always just like announce where they're from. Like they were, it was so weird. I think it was just trying to because this was before Colorado kind of blew up more. Like this was back when it was still kind of like small town spirit and that. And they're like tonight's bingo call taker is you know John Franks from fucking whatever county you know like larimer county or something like that and then then be like all right and then they do the bingo calls one night we got this older guy the thing was he was there was nothing wrong with him but the way he was reading off some of the numbers was weird because like he he read off like we'd get to the we get to the b's and he was saying like all the b's kind of like d's he's like d12 12 under the d it was kind of like, all right. And then he'd get to like, oh, he'd get to the 60s and he'd say Dixty. So it'd be like, oh, Dixty 2. Dixty 2 oh, under the O. Well, what? And, okay. <laughs> and then the the one that like hit me that I just remember cracking up with my mom about was we get to I-16. And the way he said it was so, it was like he was admitting to a crime because he's like, I-16s. Sex-teens sex teens oh. under the I. <laughs> oh, dude. And my my mom turned to me and she's like, "You better watch out." And uh, <laughs> and it was just kind of 
I just remember that. And then when we got out, like, it's just, it just, it seemed like this guy was admitting a crime while he was <laughs> taking bingo cards. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to share that for some reason. Just... Say, did, did, did he have any of those cornball jokes no. to go along with it? No, that's the funny thing about bingo. Every time I've went, none, <laughs> everybody takes their job dead serious. Like this is life or death. If I don't call these numbers, my family is in a room somewhere and they're going to die. Okay, so like there wouldn't be like B5, five, five, like five golden rings. Merry Christmas, everybody. No, never. <laughs> it was never oh, like. Oh, goodness. Oh, it was, boy. Bingo, bingo has always been dead serious every time that I've went. And it was just, and no matter the time of day, you could have like the lunch crew where it's not as busy or the primetime crew where it's just like fucking mini Vegas with people bringing like all their notes and everything like and they everyone has dabber their own dabbers and shit like that and they like my mom had a purse full of dab like she had like 12 different dabbing things because she would do like four cards at a time so it would be like she'd have the four cards and then she'd get me two or three as many as i could handle (laughs) we were just going over it because you'd buy them and it would be like five dollars a thing and that lasted for i think it was about four or five rounds is, is however many they went because bingo usually lasted about two hours, but pretty much when you'd go in there, you'd buy you. It was like a little line, kind of like you're waiting for soup kitchen or something. And then you go and you buy like the the little kind of cards for the game. And there was like I think five or six. So it was like five or six pieces of paper, and it was just you you dab them on there. You put your dabbers, and just you'd always do the free spaces first, so you know what to do. I did that. Some don't because they're just kind of you know like to live in chaos. And they would just, they dab it anytime that they did something. So they're just constantly searching for numbers. Like these people are just like living, they would be great at accounting because legitimately they're scrolling left and right. So you, you would just hear like, you know, everybody calm down, we're starting. And then just like tonight's, you know, today's thing is, you know, Betty Lou Franks from, from this thing. Some people would clap, I guess, if they knew them or not. And the others just were like, all right, get the fuck on with this. And then they just, they draw it and they had a security camera right next to it. So it was kind of like you were watching a live Powerball drawing or it was uh, <laughs> like you're, it is just like, you're kind of like watching a people. It's so weird. Bingo is so damn weird like that. Cause it is just kind of a, it's kind of like a heist movie to where if something goes wrong, people are going to be so up in arms, but these people physically can't do anything. So they're kind of. You're kind of just there with them living in this <laughs> in this moment of just nothing happening. Um and uh so they have, they have the little that little camera. The guy like pulls out the in in the one that we were at, it had like an air pop thing to where all the balls were coming out of the air little little air chute, so then one would pop up, the guy would move it so that everybody could see it on the camera, and then it, he would read it out. So you just hear like like come up and he does it he's like you know i sex teens sex teens under the eye and then they'd wait there for about like five to ten seconds or something and then they would take it out and then they put it somewhere else i think it would just go down the chute to back to that little ball of air that they had another one would pop up and i'm trying to do it with my uh my yeah, no, I, I know i understand i understand yeah and it was just like it was this weird sort of like musical happening is is what I it's like everybody was in this trance because 
the guy working the bingo shoot is essentially just the DJ at this three-day rave, essentially just playing for all these older people. And it's just kind of like if he doesn't hit that note right, or if he if he tries to have his own flavor do it, nobody's going to be happy. So essentially, he would just he'd read them. Next one, read them, read them, and then it would just keep going and going for it felt like forever. And you're so he would say like I sixteen. So you'd look at all your cards like all right, each card had about like eight different bingo cards on it. So essentially. You'd even see ladies that had like eight different things and they would take up so much of the fucking table. So they would be looking and scrolling up and down like uh, like these ancient people that you'd see in like fantasy that are like, oh, these are the keepers of the weave. You know, they're looking for imperfections in the weave. Like that's kind of how bingo is. And they're just looking up and down for that right number. And when they get it, just. <laughs> and that's all you'd hear is just that. Otherwise, it's dead silence. Like we're talking like library silence. And so they'd hit it and just while this guy's calling numbers, as soon as somebody hits the numbers, you know, you'd hear bingo. And then everybody, you would just hear nothing when bingo hit. It was just like such a, some people was like a sigh of relief. Some people you would just like, oh, <laughs> get so mad. <laughs> like I didn't, have, I always went away. You, you would hear that so much. Like everybody is just like somebody farted. Everybody acknowledged it. <laughs> and sometimes when there was a false bingo, that was even more fun. Because, like, so, so you'd call bingo. There'd be some guy that walks over. Um, or there'd be some person. It usually was a guy. Just because they're kind of like, ah, oh, these old ladies are trying to trick us, so they're not going to get a hold of me, see? And so he gets the he gets the piece of paper. He verifies it. If it's a good bingo, he holds his thumb up. If it's a bad bingo, he does kind of like the wave off. And if and sometimes you'd have a bad bingo, and they're just like, "We cannot verify the bingo. Bingo's still in play." And then you would just your people just oh. go from that ah oh, to just pure silence. <laughs> it's so fascinating. And then like halfway through, they would just they'd finally give everybody a break. It's just kind of like it's it's like if you're <laughs> I haven't been to a Broadway play. We might actually review a Broadway play for the show, but it is a just kind of like yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. And then, so it was just kind of like, so whenever you'd hear a bad bingo, everybody was like back to their A game of just like, what is it? And, and then, uh, pretty much it was just that if you got the bingo, they'd give you the cash right there. And then it would go on. There'd be like two, from what I could recall, it was two or three games. Then there was like a 15 minute break during that break. Uh, my mom used to call them pickles and I don't know exactly what they're called, but You'd go and you'd buy these um, cardboard things that are kind of like scratchers, but you would rip them open and it would have like, it's almost like a slot machine on a playing card, which is weird. Cause like you'd open it and crack it open. If you had three in a kind, it would tell you how much you want. Sometimes $5, sometimes like $50, sometimes it was like two fifty. It just depended on what the thing is. So you would buy these individual pickles and they would just, and they would be anywhere from like a dollar to five dollars, and so you'd buy them and you crack them open, and be like, ah, oh, what I get? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Most of the time, there was just like a shit ton of things. It was kind of like the the floors and the halls look like baseball games after after a game, to where they would just throw um, just peanut shells all over. Like there's just nothing but trash on the floors <laughs> from like all these people cracking open their pickles and just throwing them on the floor. Like ah, I didn't get shit. And it just looked, it was so insane. 
it just bingo itself is a crazy thing. And uh, but anyways, that happened. And then usually by the time you got to the end, that was always the the highest bingo amount. Um, essentially, it would be always like about I think two to three hundred dollars or so. And most of the time, people would end up sharing it. It's like it'd be two or three different uh, different things. So um, yeah, that for some reason that just hit me uh, yesterday, and I just wanted to share like my memories of bingo. I don't know why. Like it's just really, it really just popped in my head, and I was like, damn, that just kind of brings back a lot of memories. I've even gotten kicked out of a bingo hall because of my crappy cousins. Oh, great. You just keep going. Keep going. I want to hear that one, too. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, so (laughs) my mom would would grab my aunt who lived nearby, and then they went for a bingo one night. They went to primetime bingo, so it was just filled. And we're talking, this place is filled with rafters like like a family funeral because, and it was set up like a family funeral, like when you would buy. Like a hundred people, right? Like it's quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, because all it is is just people sitting in rows, empty tables, and those empty tables are full of their bingo cards. Bingo daubers, anything that they bring. It's like they have their own little space. They have their own little, like, kind of chi and their flow going. And kind of like, this is my workspace. Like, cubicles without the, the essentially, like, the walls. So, so anyways, we go. And I'm I'm kind of, I have, my cousins are there. I never really were great people, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> my mom's just like, all right, we'll bring them. So I go and I kind and I wanted to play bingo, but I didn't. It was kind of like when you're younger, you just want to be with your, you know, you kind of want to be not cool or you want to be cool. So you kind you do the thing that you don't want to do just because you're like, I don't want to look lame in front of all these people. So I went and I hanged out with my cousins because they they didn't like bingo. And then we go to the the um in the bingo the one that we had there was a little place for vending machines. So you could buy, there was a soda. There was one for Snoda, one for snacks. Across from that was a little uh, crane game. Um, we put, we played the crane game and I think we put like $2 in there. As we're playing, my loud cousin, I, I want to say her name, but I'm not gonna. She just yells, God damn it. And that's in the middle of like a bingo round. <laughs> and you just, you see all these heads slowly turning at you. Just kind of like it was so like cringy, right? And then you, <laughs> then here comes this like overweight bulldog security guard, just kind of like rushing, and all you hear is just his keys jangling, like, and he walks over, and and I'm just like, I don't want to be seen with them, so I try and go back to my mom's seat, and then uh, and then essentially like the 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 security guard goes to those kids, goes to my cousins, kicks them out, then comes back to to where I am with my mom. And he's, and he's like, hey, your kid's going to have to get out. Like, <laughs> they can't be making this noise. And so my mom's just like, all right, you know, you can go ahead and, and go out there. Just He's like, just wait. She just said, like, just wait out there and until we're done. And there was like an hour left. So I had, I like, I did nothing but hang with them. And they, we went to 7-Eleven. They stole some chips. And, um, and then I ended up getting like a, a big gulp that I paid for. And I came back and I literally did nothing for an hour and I had to deal with like my loudmouth cousins who were just like really trying to like, they were troubled, troubled kids to where they just wanted to start stuff all the time. So, uh, for, for no reason. Yeah. For no reason. One, oh. one of them, fun story, but one of them actually ended up dating a uh, undercover cop who was trying to, I, 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 
I thought you were going to say ended up dating a, a bingo caller. No. <laughs> well, yeah, it was the guy I sixteens. <laughs> Turns out, yeah, hey, he was he admitting a crime. <laughs> he wasn't free that he wasn't free that night. <laughs> no, this is a different story. But that okay, so that girl, she ended up dating an undercover cop who was trying to bust my cousin, who I grew up with. Oh, how for great. for gun running. <laughs> and the thing was, like, he was in our home and stuff. And the guy looked a little, like, too much together. So I, I didn't really kind of think anything of it. But I'm kind of, something felt, like, a little off. It was kind of, like, a little too clean, bro. But, you know, I didn't hang out with him at all. And uh, and then all of a sudden, like, months later, I had asked, like, hey, what? I had asked my aunt, what happened to this guy? You know, because we had seen him all the time for like months, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it turns out that he was an undercover cop trying to bust your cousin for gun running." Damn. Yeah. So, anyways, bingo stories, people. Fun times. There's a bingo. Oh, like if there's a saying- bingo hall near you, and you like silence. I do not. I recommend that so much. It's and it's such a weird environment to go where it's kind of like a like a lemmings kind of thing like very if you ever played the game pikmin or if there's any games you've played to where there's like a a group leader and like all the little things follow behind it like kind of how bingo goes it's just everybody waits for the call or the guy calling the bingo balls or the or the person calling the bingo balls and then everybody just follows along until essentially everyone just dies two hours late two two hours later i was gonna say i did that that uh unprompted review on that movie bingo hell and uh it was wild yeah. and it people people lose like people losing their minds over cash and it just being super silly it's on it's it's a prime video i'll have to watch it and then let you know my thoughts on bingo hell oh god like it's 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 yeah so it's just called it's bingo cuz the hell's already it, there it, it, Oh man, it was wild. Uh and I watched it all while me and you were both sick um <laughs> back in like October and uh it was just a fi- I can't believe I did I didn't fall asleep to that one. <laughs> but I I'm trying to think I've never been to any bingo hall. Uh my great grandma used to live in a senior home. And I never did a bingo there. Do actually, when we used to work at the uh, at the restaurant together, did we do? Was there a bingo night when we went and did the catering? Uh there was. There was. Maybe I actually that's the, remember. Maybe that's the only bingo I've been to because I'm like maybe I I was one with one with old folks, but it wasn't my great grandma. Yeah, and it wasn't. Um, and when we had went, it wasn't the bingo hall, but it was the retirement home. But it might have been bingo. That's night. what I'm saying. Yeah, like so I'm saying, I, I like I know I've been to one, but we couldn't participate. And then our favorite guy—that's where we get the name Alan and Marcel. Well, kind of. It's actually no. The couple was there. They—that's where they were from. Yeah, no. There was that one guy who loved me. I forget his fucking name. Like, <laughs> well, don't worry. He forgot you. He forgot yours too. Yeah, oh, always Mar- did. Mar- Mar- Marcel. That we, I thought we got that from Rod. Rod was the the guy who ran the nursing home. Well, well Rod called me Alan, and I think the couple called me Marcel. The old man called you Marcel, <laughs> and then I just. Oh told, yeah, I, it was. It was. You're right. And I'm then sorry. I just and I just and I told Rod. And, uh, 
like, you're like, where's your buddy? I'm like, oh, Marcel? Yeah, he's a... Uh... <laughs> he would call me Marcel <laughs> from then on. He couldn't make it today, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, he's like, well, how's it going, Alan? You're like, oh, Alan, huh? Like, yep. <laughs> it's Alex. Like, that's it's not even close. Like, they're different uh, vowels. So that's, that's where we get the... If you hear him calling yeah. me names, you hear us say know. Alan and Marcel. Like that's where it comes from. I forgot about that guy completely, man. I wonder how. I wonder how that couple was because that guy was really nice to me, and I don't know why he would always come to me. It was never anyone yep. else. He even waited for me one time. I remember because I was in the middle of yeah. the drive-through, and he exactly. like legitimately waited for me to take his order, and I had to switch with someone. That's the one time I remember. He's like, "Is Marcel here?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's on the headset." He's like, "Oh." Well, tell him I'm here. I'm like, you know what's right, funny? Marcel, like, I, he's, I never he's did, waiting for you. I never did anything extra, like for like helping the guy out. Like I that you know of, yeah, that I know of, because it was always just kind of like, well, you know, hopefully you guys have a good evening and that, and, and like that's, that's probably all they needed. Yeah, probably. Why me though? That's what that's what yeah, I don't dude, get. I have no idea, man. But it is what it is. Yeah, true. I forgot about those people. Yeah. I hope they're okay. Yeah. They were old, so I mean They yeah, they were pretty up there. Yeah. I hope I hope they had a good time. Exactly. That's probably the best yeah. way to, to put such a somber <laughs> end to this. Uh but getting um, into getting into that, witches is what we're discussing today on the show with uh Suspiria. Yes, nineteen seventy seven Suspiria. Uh, oh, by the way, if you guys have any like bingo stories or any stories you want to share, uh, get at us. We're, uh, we're on social media at Shufflebox Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Marcel. Marcel's doing the real, real plugging. He's feeling he's been filling himself on the podcast lately. I have. I've been feeling pretty damn good. I've been feeling myself in ge- like in general, and then just been like coming into my own and becoming uh, more uh, more confident and stuff. I can't I can't explain it. It's like I'm finally you healing. Just did healing like physically after about two years because i i'm just i'm sorry i'm going in the stories for some reason that's fine but just to just to give a little to people but uh, like over the past god i think it's been three and a half years since since covid i've had some issues going on with my body to where i'm bleeding out holes um that i don't necessarily bleed from and apparently it's happening once a month so it's been like that for three and a half years, and um, <laughs> but which is I'm I'm both telling the truth and also saying this in a in a comedic way, but legitimately what happened was I just I had when I was at my old job back in 2020, um, I had some issues with my neck going on. It leaked to the rest of my body on my stomach, and um, pretty much like it was just it would just bleed out, like it was just so weird. I didn't know what it was, and apparently, these past three and a half years, I've been like dealing with like acne that kind of turned into a bacteria. From from my understanding, because I wasn't able to fully deal with it until last year, or no, I'm sorry, 2022, I believe. 2022, just because in 2021 is when I lost insurance, but I was still having the issues. And I wasn't dealing with them just because I thought that it was anxiety issues and depression, which I've talked about before on here. And it would happen at the most random times. Like we'd be out and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden inside, it felt like 
something would come to the surface and like it, it's kind of like if you're filling like an empty teacup or something you know that that kind of like when you look at something filling up in a cup like that's kind of how it felt in my body and it would happen occasionally on my neck to where it would just burst open so and and I couldn't get it closed for anything I it was to the point to where I was even getting like liquid bandages to just try and like close the holes. It was just, it was disgusting. And it was like that for years to where essentially like pus was just leaking from it. What happened was past year to year and a half, I've been on meds for it, been clearing out my system. Turns out that it's just, it's an over thing. of It's just like acne. And it got so bad, too, that the one on my stomach closed, but then it essentially moved to my chest. So my chest had burst open like fucking alien. And I had to deal with like a chest burster for like a few weeks. And my neck was still not healing up. So now now that like things have been passed, time has passed. I've been dealing with therapy, dealing with emotions, been essentially taking all my meds and been on this since about like a year and a half ago when I started my job I'm currently in which is a desk job, way less stress. Um, I just, I've been feeling more confident. The meds have actually been working pretty much like everything is just kind of healing up now. And, uh, and then come to find out that I actually have gotten um, some oxy pads. Cause I heard that that would help my situation. Um, so I've been doing that and like, Holy crap. The, my neck has been feeling like tons better. My whole body in general has been feeling a lot better. So I've been actually trying to, to like do some work and I've uh, been slowly going back to the gym, just trying to get healthier and, you know, hope to share like some weight loss journey stuff over, over the time we have the podcast. Um, just because like, I really do plan on going to the gym more frequently. And I've the past two or three years, I've been really working on my own eating and stuff. And I've already dropped a little bit of weight, but I know it could be much more. And uh, I can't wait to actually share that on the, on the show over as we kind of like go over time with this yeah man yeah when you told me about this off uh off air um over the past week i thought it was pretty awesome and uh, you started over the past week since our last recording and it's a good step and now that you're healing up man things are looking good going in the right direction oh yeah man i i haven't had alcohol either in quite a while that was an, i think that's that another thing helped. too yeah that's definitely helped i I've, I've done some edibles and stuff but Overall, it's, I think, like not drinking, really focusing on mental health, really kind of just believing that things could get better. As simple as an idea that is, like that really mindset really is a lot when it comes to mental issues. And I've talked about mental issues a ton on here and I've wrote a book about it and my struggles with it. And, you know, I mean, the only thing that I can say is just that when the storm was roughest, it was just about trying to tough out those moments. But on those days that you were able to essentially not feel stuck, it's trying to make the most out of those days instead of recovering from the, um, instead of like recovering from what you've been through. And the reason that, that, that is that I say that is just, that's not meant to be, Saying like, oh, you got to man up, man the fuck up. It's just meant to be like, when you are able to think clearly, as nice as it is to relax, have that moment of just like, man, I'm enjoying this. You can have those, but you should at least 
still with a little bit of time within that little within that with a little bit of time within that little bit of time it is just trying to essentially figure out what's going on why things are like that and trying to make plans to essentially slowly get yourself out of what you're dealing with yeah man so yeah i'm feeling great and then i've written uh i got half of the horror podcast series i'm working on this year uh, found out that I had wrote half a script for a movie that we were going to film a year ago, and I'm probably going to finish the half of that and then going to be writing a new script and hopefully have a book out by the end of this year. So I'm, I'm really excited. You got a lot of things coming, man. Yeah, for sure. I've been really feeling just damn good and I don't know. Well, uh, you guys are going to see some stuff. That's all. That's all I'll say. Like I've been for sure just feeling like damn good. And it isn't just the new year itch. It, it is just like, you know, I'm uh, turning 33 next month. I, I feel like I, I've been, I, I went to therapy and I was talking with Alex about this, but kind of like, there's always been crazy stuff growing on, growing up. And, you know, I, I have some childhood trauma that I deal with and I'm still dealing with, but it is just that the one thing that really helped me that my therapist said to me, and I've been I, like, I haven't not stopped thinking about this since last Tuesday was just how throughout the craziness that has happened to me, I have been struggling and fighting and trying to make these big leaps and bounds to get to where I am today. But now that I'm here and it's just calm, that is different because essentially normal is sort of a state to where it is calm. It's not meant to feel big. And when my therapist told me that, and that, uh, you know, she tends to notice that, well, I'm not going to say that, but pretty much it is just that when you're fighting to essentially get your life back from so much crap, you do have to realize that when you're there, when you're finally kind of like hitting these plateaus you've been hoping to hit, don't expect that there's going to be more because that calm that you feel that sort of just there, I mean, essentially just vibing like that's, that's what you've been fighting for. And I've been trying to slowly remind myself of that. Well, good, man. Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's let's get to the movie though. I'm sorry, I've been I've been tangenting for 30 minutes here. No, that's absolutely fine, man. Um, so yes, just to clarify, this is the 1977 uh, Suspiria. Um, it is the Italian-made giallo film, um, and it was actually done in English and in Italian. But it was, uh, I'm assuming you watched the uh, you watched the English version. Uh, yeah, yeah, I watched it on uh, okay. Tubi. Cool, cool. Me too, which is the only place you can find it. Don't pirate films, please. Um, you know what you should pirate, by the way? Uh, NBA games nuggets. I'm not paying for altitude. All right. Yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. And a bottle of rum. Um, so I we mentioned this on the, the previous couple podcasts. Um, I actually watched uh, the 2018 Suspiria um, a couple months ago just to watch it. And, uh, I had no idea 
why well, I, I knew there was a first film, but I thought it was a remake. Then I was doing research and I didn't want to look into the first one. Then I was told it was kind of a sequel, maybe. Um, and uh, so I have the perspective of I've already seen the the film we'll be watching next week with 2018 Suspiria, but then this first one, not going to lie, it, it is nearly a completely different film. Almost, almost completely different. Um, yeah, from what I know of the, the one that came out in 2018, I think, um, it's very more kind of like abstract, a little more artsy as opposed to this one. But from what I understand, like that's, there's a reasoning behind it. So I, I've yet yes. to see it. Yes. Um, what I will share the similarities between the two films, um, without getting ahead of ourselves, um, just because my perspective will be a little bit different, um, is that, uh, there's a main protagonist who is our, uh, American girl and she goes to a, they're in Germany. So it's a German dance school. Yeah. Her name's Susie. And, yeah. Susie. And, uh, I don't know if that's the same name in the 2018 film. That's why I'm kind of like, whatever. And uh, it's in Germany, and things go awry. And then from there, uh, some things are, I mean, kind of similar, but they're two completely different movies uh, from there. But now we'll go on with the uh, 77 version. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just so people know, I'm not. It's it's it's. Her, I'm like I from her, what I remember. Really quick, her name is gonna, her name is Susie as well in the remake. Okay, so um, yeah. So the only similar similarities is she's an American. She goes to a German dance school that she got an invitation to, or whatever. It's one of the best dance schools in the world, I suppose. And um, she's there to perform her art and uh, perfect her art. Uh, of dancing um but yeah so she arrives uh, Susie arrives in germany uh at the german airport on like a like a late night rainy super rainy thunderstormy night and uh, she gets a taxi and the taxi man just so happens to speak english and he drops her off at the uh at the school but no one's answering the door uh super late at night um and then a another girl comes running out crying from the uh, dance school uh, and the door locks, the door locks behind her and she tries to use the intercom to get in and people are telling her to go away. So she has to stay at a hotel for the night and then goes back the next morning. And then uh, from there she meets the, uh, I, I, I think she's the owner. She's either the owner or the instructor of the school uh, Madame Blanc and the main teacher. What's the main teacher's name? Uh, the main teacher's name is or Madame Blanc because no. they call her Blanc. I always want to say Blanc because I, I always have subtitles on with everything. But yeah, are you talking about the one girl, the one woman that is kind of like feels like a Nazi? Yeah, she's the she's the teacher. Yeah, yeah not the not um, the school owner um, or the headmistress or whatever. Miss Tanner, I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah, Tanner. Yeah, she. <laughs> so, you will dance the dance. <laughs> so, bring your pointy shoes here. That's, that's true. Yes. Felt, yeah. yeah, it's kind of how it was. Um, and she. Uh, uh, there's detectives <laughs> there. It's oh, it's oh. just top top twist, not twist top top. <laughs> oh man, I told I I, I skipped the whole. 
I skipped the whole fucking part where we get the this is this is this kind of genre. This is before the slasher era, right? This yeah, is before the, the girl that she everything. saw in the taxi running away. Yeah, so the, these I mean, I know the Giallo films are known for like their crazy over the top uh like black like gloved murders type of thing, right? I mean, that's that's what I know about Giallo films. From my understanding, yes. I'm I am not too familiar with Giallo. I've seen a few films, but I'm not too familiar. Um, so yeah, the girl we saw running away from the taxi at the very beginning, I apologize for backtracking a little bit here. Uh, she goes and stays, I guess with an acquaintance or a friend in the city. Um, and, uh, she starts seeing like devilish eyes and hearing noises and the wind scares her. And her friend is like, Oh, how'd that window, like, well, how'd your bedroom window get open? Just close that. Uh, but then her bedroom door locks, devil hands, grab her. And she goes through a super elaborate death through a super stunning uh, pane glass window that just so happens to also impale her friend. Uh, the demon hands like stab her, like her chest rips open and they stab her heart with some over the top acting, which is kind of like looking back on it, like looking at it, like in today's perspective, you're like, all right, people sometimes like, oh, this is kind of nerdy but i'm like you know what that death was so gruesome and so like memorable like if it's your first time like seeing a horror film back then it would stick with you forever i don't know like because it was made for an american audiences and that style of film it was crazy because you know slashers haven't been done yet nowadays we have like we associate horror film with slasher films just because of it's part of the culture. But I mean, if that's the first time you're seeing that much gore in like, and she ended up being hung, uh, via like a, a, like a cable noose. It was insane. Oh yeah. Cause before that in the seventies, we had stuff like, is this all? Oh, Drac- Dracula versus Frankenstein. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah. There's, this was like the sixties and the seventies. And the thing about, pop culture in general from when they from when it's like the end of a decade to the beginning of the new decade is it takes two or three years for said decade to be defined by what it's known for like the first two or three years of any decade is like it's kind of feeling out stuff and that happens all the time with pop culture because essentially it's trailing from the previous decade so um like you look at all these and they're just they look so cheesy like there's one that's called carnival of blood rated rated g um there's really uh, yeah it says gp <laughs> i think that that's uh i think because back then they didn't have a pg-13 or anything so it was either you either made g movies pg or r huh and uh yeah because pg-13 never came around until i believe indiana jones and the temple of doom oh okay. was in the 80s um but yeah i mean the rated r things that we had uh clockwork orange i know that, that was from england um let's see it was just all kind of cheesy and anything that had anything like that with horror was more thriller-ish um from what i see on here there's the omega man from 71 but that one's that one's kind of goofy it it literally just starts with charlton heston just he has a machine gun and sees a body and just so it was always it was always so cheesy so it was around like the mid to late 70s or when 
things started getting a little more graphic. And that was partially a part of the 70s being the time of of so many things coming around, like The Godfather, um, you know, just like so many banders being pushed. Blackula from 72? I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. So, I mean, this this opening death, or these opening couple of deaths, because you you, I, you don't realize the roommates like killed until it like does a huge pan up where you see her impaled with a giant glass pane. So you're like, oh, this is the tone for the movie. Yeah. And then after that, then you get Susie going to the the next day meeting Madame Blanc and, uh, and it was, Miss Tanner. It was the perf- or whatever her name is. It was the perfect opening too, just because it's kind of like you're stuck here in this like she's essentially chasing her dream she's warned she does not listen essentially goes back to the city and then it's kind of like you're stuck here like you're either gonna it's like you're gonna die like there's gonna be a ton of death kind of i mean she doesn't really see the death she's unaware of it yet right now yeah or or the other girl Who, who are you referring to um i'm talking to like Susie, like us as the audience Oh, oh, yeah. Because yeah, that's... in our point of view, it is just like we're following Susie. She's new. She's she's going to a place that she doesn't really know. And she's just essentially trying to follow her dream, which is just a regular standard dramatic film. And then what happens is now she's essentially tossed away and something weird is already up and she can't get into where her dream is. So as she's leaving, that's when we see that something is off because you see one of the girls fleeing the school in the middle of this monsoon pretty much and then we follow that girl and then that's when she just gets killed you know it is just kind of like there's there's gonna be death and it's gonna be gruesome like this lady it's just kind of like spelling out how screwed everybody is at that school mind you throughout this whole movie there is a an awesome soundtrack going on throughout most of the movie um and the colors in this film are phenomenal oh i think they're fantastic it is beautiful um, so yeah the outside of this school just so everyone knows i mean it's like it's like a fire engine red like outside with like gold trims around the windows and like white borders and stuff like it is a very vibrant uh color and very like it's just very awesome like just it's it's fun to look at and it's very uncomfortable to look at too yeah um and then that it, during that murder scene the glass window is a bunch of vibrant, you know, yellow, red, green, blue, just pastel colors. And uh, when she arrives at the airport, too, and then driving at night, you see, like, purples and greens and yellows and stuff, too. It's it's really, really interesting how they did it. it visually, it, I think, is a stunning movie. And you get these uh, colors, and you get these, like, even even, like, it could be mundane, but like there are some parts where it's super colorful, but it's also super unnerving and you're uncomfortable. Yeah. I just want to talk about the score really quick. Cause they, uh, Goblin and Dario Argento did a great score. They even worked on the score for Dawn of the Dead, which came out, I think in 78, like a year later. And, um, Goblin is actually today, 2024. They are actually touring and you're watching the movie with them while they score it live. Oh, nice. Which is pretty cool, because if they have that, I might want to go check that out. Um, I was going to say, though, one of the score things reminded me, and I texted you this, but it reminded me of that fucking Gilbert and Sullivan song that's 
the Major General. I don't know if you do you know that one. No, I'm not. Why well, I, I might, but I'm the I, name I, of it. I'm gonna try and a bell. Remind me of this. All right, wait till he starts to sing. So that the way that he's saying it, that beat reminded me because there's a score that's exactly like that <laughs> that has that same. Um, oh God, I can't think of the word for it. Um, like musical, you know, tone that's exactly the same. Where it's like a b a b a b a b a b a b a b a b. I mean, I guess for one of them, but yeah. like the rest of the rest of the movie, I got kind of the same vibes as I got from the Warriors. Really, it's just an, it's 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 an eerie, it's eerie like vibes. Feel like, to me like Harry it, Potter light. It's it's serious, unless we were watching something totally different. But when I was watching, it didn't sound anything like that. Ah, like to, to me, it just sounded like kind of dreamy, kind of like fantasy dreamy. Which I but regardless, it worked for it completely. But uh, but anyways, it's, to go. It's, it, I was going to say it sets the tone in every scene. Oh yeah, the, the scores do. Yeah, you go ahead though. I I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. Um, so yeah, when Susie gets there, she meets Madame Blanc or Blank, who's talking to the police. Uh, she mentioned, and then uh, Susie just in passing mentions of the detectives. Oh, I saw a girl running out of here last night, yep. and that was that. Yeah, uh, she is then escorted up to the locker rooms where she meets uh, two. Like, well, she meets the girls and. Uh, who are part of the dance school. Uh, she meets the girl she spends the one night with. Uh, what was her name? Olga. Do you remember? Olga. And uh, I believe there's an Olga in the uh, second film, uh, but we'll get to that next week. And then she meets who we assume turns into her best friend, uh, another American. Uh, and her name was, was it Samantha? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. The two S's, Susie and Sarah. That in matter and then, uh, trainer or Tam or Tanner, whatever her name is, uh, makes a no, deal Ol- about that. Olga does. Oh, Olga makes a deal about that. Yeah, she's like people with S's in their names are snakes, and she does the long S sound. Yeah, uh, but, but I just want to add to something that to where it feels kind of like juvenile at times, and that's because I was doing some reading about this, and apparently the movie was originally supposed to be about young girls, like we're talking yeah about the age of twelve. But then yeah, when exactly. they realized that they yeah. couldn't do that, to, like have the graphic nature of the stabbings with young women like that, that's when they upped it. And in the movie, they apparently added the, um, with the doors that they're having to where the handles are essentially they have to reach for. So it kind of gives off more of the vibe of them being, you know, little girls kind of scared. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you could even try to like, I guess you can try to make it like they're in high school. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But I mean, they 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 clearly specify that like she just finished school and she's traveling abroad as a as a grown woman. But yeah, you get the vibes. Like, aren't these grown women? Why are they acting like like li- literal like locker room talks? Like, why are they acting like they're in the third grade? Yeah, but it makes it makes sense when you know the you like Bobby. About the no, <laughs> who told you? Well, and we'll get to that shit too. I uh, but. What? That's the one fly happened. <laughs> then Miss Tanner with the German. What got you? Like, <laughs> uh, she was so German in this movie. It was. It's kind of like she was like pulling out of Schindler's List, and then just like, listen, well, you're gonna that, survive. I, I, actually, 
You're going to survive, actually, but you're going to go to a dance school. I mean, I think that's kind of the vibes they were going for. Because, oh, yeah. you know, this movie came out in 77. It's only 30 years after World War II ended. Oh, yeah, and it's in so, Italy. And they're in, and they're in Germany. And you want to make this woman an antagonist. Yeah. So what do you do? You treat you, you make her a Nazi, essentially. <laughs> you so, eat your food. <laughs> and and uh, so then, uh, I mean, they explained the room and board situation with Susie. Like, hey, we told you the room and board was free, but you could pay $50 a week uh, to stay with us. No, Olga says Or you could stay. Or, oh, well, I thought it, I thought it was. No, that's what it was originally. No, it and was then just she so, stays with her. So Susie gets to the school. And they said that your, um, you know, your room wasn't ready, ready, so you're gonna have to stay somewhere. And then Olga's just like, "You could stay with me, but it's gonna be fifty dollars a week." And you know, Susie's kind of like, "Yeah, you know what? That's fine." After kind of being freaked out by seeing someone run away from the school, uh, she decides to. But then what happens is just by the end of the class, magically her room is ready for board and board and food is gonna be free. And she's like, "Oh, oh no, that's fine. I'm actually gonna stay with Olga." And and then they're, and they're like, oh really? Yeah, because they they didn't expect her to do it, but like Olga and uh, Susie bond a little bit. You will come and stay with us for free. Yeah, I, like I don't understand. Madam Bl- Madam Blank was so much nicer than I was waiting for her to be completely insane. And uh, no, it's always just Miss Miss Tanner, Tab Tabber, or whatever. Tanner. Tanner and uh, yeah, the next day we get. Uh, I was married Bru- six times. All I, five no, good marriages. No, she wasn't. <laughs> uh, I but, was a uh, good wife. <laughs> she just has like so much hate. <laughs> My baloney has a first name. It's R S C A R. Okay, I can't wait for you to see the second, the second or the uh, the 2018 version, man. I cannot wait. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Because uh, she's super tame in this one. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really tame. So I was like, these vibes you're picking up, I didn't pick up at all. I'm like, yeah, she actually wasn't that bad. No, she really wasn't. I... It was just sometimes like the the, the heavy oh, no, the German would come out, and the way she stood was very kind of like felt kind of like she was in the SS or was like a released SS sort of officer, like has some of that spirit in her. So that like her body language gave off that. But, you know, in reality, she was just kind of like, yes, my German is pretty good. And then, you know, you just, you add that body language and it comes off like, you're going to drink said wine and stay in your room. Yes, dude, she was a bitch in this movie too. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, she tells uh, Susie like if you don't have shoes, ask. That's where it starts. We're like, uh oh, she's not going to be a good woman. Yeah. She's like, well, if you don't have shoes, ask someone to borrow them for the day. <laughs> it's like, okay. And so she's like, hey, Sarah, do you have any shoes? She's like, yeah, take them, keep them. No, um, and then yes, no, the, and then your favorite, and then it seems like your favorite part, the dance class. Uh, no, Sarah, Sarah. I don't think Sarah was the one to lend her shoes, but somebody did, and they said, hey, if you want, I'll give you a good price on them, fifty bucks. And and then oh, she's yeah. like, I don't have fifty. Like, no, I just need them for today. I got my own shoes. And then just like, all right, they'll just give them back. All right. <laughs> like, she's wow. Like, yeah. I, she's like, I don't plan on keeping them. Yeah. Everybody's nickel and diming, and then that's when Olga comes up and I hear S's or you know. 
I hear S's are what they call snakes. Absolutely. And then your favorite part is next. Oh, because the- uh, this it's the it's the dance class, and this is where you see Tanner really open up on the class, which also have boys in them. Yep. Oh, which is yeah. You're like, uh oh, there's boys. Oh, and okay, okay. So we also, oh, and then just a brief plot point too. Uh, we meet a blind man and a dog who's like the caretaker of the school, I guess. And then we meet like a Romanian, uh, no, uh, the, imbecile. The, the I blind, don't even know. The what. blind man is the pianist. Yeah, he's a yeah, he has a penis. That's right. And uh, no, he's we meet a giant. He is. Yeah, he kind of looks like him too, a little bit. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I was I was thinking about that, and. Uh, yeah, and then I don't know what to call the uh, the ogre of uh, of the servant they have who only speaks because like oh he doesn't speak he doesn't speak uh, Italian or whatever he doesn't speak German he only speaks Romanian <laughs> and he has just the most hilarious like teeth super o- super overbite and like a extended forehead with a terrible haircut he looks like a Bond villain yeah well yeah he he looks like he just no he looks like yeah well yeah he looks like a monster like. One of the universal monsters. Yeah, with just like he big, looks like, big teeth. Yeah, he looks like Frankenstein from Dracula versus Frankenstein. He it's like what is going on? Yeah, like for Frankenstein's a, monster. Like rather. pretty much imagine the the tan guys you see on local TV that are selling cars, and like how they have like big old white like plastic smiles. That's essentially how this guy is. But just imagine him seven foot with uh, balding, and he doesn't speak, and he just all he does is smile. It's yeah, like, mega it's veneers. Like, it's like super, super huge veneers. Exactly. It's like, God, get, get away from me. Yeah, but instead of calling him, like, disabled or handicapped, they're like, oh, no, he's Romanian. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I, I, it could have been like a, like a, uh, what is it, like a poke at gypsies, I guess. But I was like, all right, let's keep it going, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the dance class. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you, well, you're, no, you're already talking about it. Like, uh, yeah, they start doing the numbers. She's like, "All right, well, this is just a simple uh, exercise." And she's like, "Well, I feel faint. I don't know." As Susie says, she feels faint. I, I don't know if I can do that. And then that's where she's like, "You'll shut up and you will give it a try." It's a simple two step or whatever she calls it. <laughs> and she's like, "I don't think I, I'll be able to do it. I'm feeling rather faint." And she's like, "You will do it." All right, on on my count, and then the music goes, and she's doing her plies and everything, and and then she ends up passing out, and uh, she wakes up in her. I, I she love wakes, how nobody helped her at first. They're like, "Hold on, she'll get back up. Don't worry." The, yeah, they just they just stared at her. They're like, <laughs> oh, "Quit being a baby. Come on, it's your first hour here. Yeah. Like, quit complaining." <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, she wakes up in her room with a, uh, a a very suspicious doctor. Like all of these people are like a bunch of red herrings. Yeah, and then it's like, it's like, oh, this guy's definitely the murderer. And then like, oh, the servant that and, only speaks Romanian. Yeah, and they put, definitely a murderer. Yeah, and they put her in her room, and they're just like, uh, she's like, no, I was staying like, with Olga. And she's like, oh, don't worry, like, we went and got your stuff for you. Olga's fine with it. She didn't even ask for money. Yeah, it's like yeah, Olga. Yeah, like Olga gave you your money back. Yeah, Olga. <laughs> Olga paid us to have you leave. We're keeping. 
as a matter of fact, she left the city forever. And I'm pretty sure it's the last time we see Olga too, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I thought that for that I, at, at that point at that point in time. I uh, yeah, because I thought, and maybe this yeah, was we'll, just we'll, my interpretation, but that we'll get, at yeah. the oh no, never mind. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get to yeah. it when we get to it. Yeah, I'm like yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely get to uh, get to it. But yeah, that's the last time we see Olga for a minute. Um. Yeah, so the doctor's like, yeah, if you just keep resting and you you drink wine, you'll feel better. Yeah, they have her eating just like an orange, and then there was just one that like was potatoes, and then it's just like here's wine. Yeah, would be good. He like he like forcefully makes her drink the wine, so you're like, oh, this guy's a creep. No, the the, so Miss so Tanner had her drinking a ton of water. Uh, yeah. to start and then she she was trying to force it down her throat but then it was just kind of like then they were just like come on drink the wine come on get some cooling oh that's what it was the water because it was like, uncomfortable she's like yeah i had enough and then she's like no you haven't and then just keeps forcing water in her yeah <laughs> i'm like oh my god you wish this, girl can't, this girl can't move she's completely like well she's just like super uh i guess lethargic or like, what is it lethargic lethargic but I think I think lethargic is the yeah, but then doesn't she run into the cute boy goes in the room and like says hello? Yeah, slug, <laughs> and then... sluggish and apathetic. Yeah, that's yeah. lethargic. I'd be more apathetic if I wasn't so lethargic. Ha! It's a good. <laughs> have you never seen uh, that Family oh. Guy joke? Yeah, I have. Okay, yeah, it's an older older episode, so I have seen. It that checks one. out. Um, and, uh, oh, they make, they also, oh, yeah, she meets, she meets the boy, and then we realize that the rooms are, uh, they have a shared bathroom, because the, like, uh, Sarah comes over to visit Susie, she uses the restroom, she sees the light above the restroom door go on, and that comes into play later on in the movie. And also, you never um, mentioned the, um, Madame Blank or Blanc's nephew, and, uh, and then there's oh, yeah. the, um... The whole reason she felt faint was that one of like the cooks there like flashed a knife in her face, which like gave a shine off, and she's <laughs> oh yeah, oh. yeah. It was kind yeah, of like I watching the she, real life like she, Nintendo I forgot, death. I forgot she was a chef because she was like doing cleaning. No, she was just sitting in the hallway. Yeah, she's just hanging out, and then the nephew's like right behind that. She, yeah, she was like kind of like a cleaner nephew. It was, it was just kind of like. If yeah, her nephew's like nine years old. Yeah, if they're slaves the in yeah. hell, like this, like this is the slave person. They're, they're just going to be a cook. And what? Are, and what are, I was going to say, what? No, what are the people from uh, Devil's Conspiracy? The Forgotten. Oh, the stolen. The stolen. See, they're the stolen. They're the stolen in this movie. Because I'm just like, oh yeah, they're there. <laughs> we made a promise that they'll be in the film. Here they are. But uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so she used a knife to blind Susie and that's when she got tired. Yeah. But isn't there like, there, there's a special, very strict dinner time. Like, well, we can't, we have to be there for dinner. Like that was mentioned like two or three times in the movie. Yeah, pretty much. It was, it wasn't like a huge plot point, but it was just kind of like, this is a commune. Like, this is just their domain. Like you, you, you eat with us when we tell you to, like, you're going to do everything we tell you to very, Again, very, very kind of like not run like a Nazi thing of just you're under our our domain, like you're under our control. 
Exactly. Because if you didn't, then they would force it down your throats, like we saw with Susie earlier. Exactly. And I was going to mention, too, that, um, oh, man, I, I, I lost it. Shit. Oh, well. Oh, no, no, she never eats with the group. She never eats, she's always eating in her room because she's, she's on a special diet. Special diet with the wine. She must have the wine. Yeah, and there's one part later when she throws it down the toilet and then throws like the the wine in the sink and she's it's weird because it's like really thick and viscous like in it, like it's so just thick that she's rubbing it off of the the sides of the sink and you're like there's something more in this wine. Like, I know wine stains but Holy crap, that was just like, oh, God. Yeah. And uh, you're like, is it really wine? Yeah. Because it ain't white. It ain't white wine. So. um, But yeah, so anyways, uh, what happens is just that the. We, uh, I, mean, we, we, have, get to the, we get, I was like, don't do we get to the second death after that? Uh no no because they're they're just kind of like preparing for dinner and that's when the maggots happen. Oh yeah oh god that was that was gross that was gross. So Susie's just brushing her hair and then all of a sudden there are maggots like she pulls she like pulls the comb out of her hair. There's like four maggots that happen and you're just kind of like holy shit. And uh, and you're just like God what the hell's going on? She looks up and there's just a ton that are coming out of the ceiling. And everybody runs out of the out of their floors to figure out what's going on. Turns out that the maggots were kind of eating some food that was left up in the attic. And then Madame Madame uh, Blank was just like, you know, hey, um, you know what? Uh, just kind of like I'm going to stay here with you, girls. We're all going to sleep in one room. You know, don't don't go to the city because everything's already like closed by now. So just stay here. It's only going to be one night. We'll get an exterminator. Don't worry about it. So, oh, yeah, they sleep in the the auditorium or the gym or something. Yeah. And then uh, during the night, it says a woman enters the room but is obscured by a curtain hung around the perimeter. Sarah, frightened by the horse and labored breathing, recognizes her as the school's headmistress, who's supposedly out of town. And then, uh, then when they wake up and everything's all back to normal a bit, um, that's when the school's, uh, blind pianist, he's, he's fired by Miss Tanner just because the German shepherd bites the nephew. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like afraid of him or something that they're kind of like walking towards him, like really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, this guy in this movie, I, I think he was just supposed to be in there for to die not gonna lie because yeah. it was it, he he played a very minimal role he's a blind he's a blind man with a seeing eye dog so he's just not a he's just not a guy with a dog so he he has a cane and a seeing eye dog he leaves the dog leashed outside sometimes and the dog yeah bite it bit the uh, nephew and then yeah the he starts walking home after he's fired and he hears a bunch of doesn't he hear a bunch of footsteps when he's walking home yeah, so pretty much when he's fired, he's he's sent to like the hospital. He's then we like see him in a bar or something, um, and essentially he's he walks home, and while he's walking home, yeah, he he hears or sees something while walking through just like a random plaza in the middle, in just like a regular city street, and then the dog turns on him, 
and then it rips out his throat, but he was like hearing shit and he's like scared is like trying to fight it, but as we see, like there's nothing around him. Yeah, so he's he's hearing and seeing a bunch of things, he's terrified, and then the dog freaks out. Yeah, he's and he's like in a public square too. Which I loved. I'm I wish that there was more of that, just because I, I love the idea of you being in somewhere familiar that should just be completely safe. You know that it's with safe, a bunch of just, people. Yeah, you know that it should feel safe, but it's not. Like those ideas are, mwah. and uh, so yeah. So then what happens is just that he's so pretty much that guy's killed, and then we get to Sarah, who's she lets Susie know that she was the one who on the intercom who let her know that uh, that the girl was murdered that night that she was trying to get in, and then she said that uh, her friend Pat was just behaving strangely before her death and. She promises to to show Susie the notes that were left behind. Um, as Sarah find looks for the notes, um, she essentially that's when things get crazy, and that's when she gets chased by something. And it's pretty much like a big old chase scene of where she is running throughout the school, trying to run away from this thing that's chasing after her. That this part had me. This part kind of had me laughing. Was just that. It's she shuts the door on the thing and it's just like a latch and the thing yes. is just <laughs> it can't get the latch. <laughs> this part was great. This part was great. This death I was actually kind of sad about yeah. because she outsmarted whatever it was and uh, and she fell in a pit of just razor wire of just barbed she, wire. Oh my god! Uh, but, okay, but no, go ahead and explain the door. Oh yeah, no, the latch. The, the door was great. It was just like you just see this like, come on, I'm gonna get you. And it can't even like lift. It's a single knife that should just be able to lift the door. Like you'd move your, imagine you're sticking a knife into something, and then move your your elbow up about five inches. That's all you have to do. Doors yeah, open. All you have to do, it, and yeah, the latch just flips over to the other side. <laughs> so the, it's essentially, yeah. you, put, you put the knife in, flip it over, you're in the door. She gets a bunch of uh, suitcases and luggage, and there's a window to climb out of. And this, and she like she she almost falls over once, and the thing's still like gonna open this, gonna get it eventually. Fuck! Oop! I dropped my knife. Oop, here we go. <laughs> oh, so it, it's like all right, there is a there's kind of a sense of realism because you're like all right, but at the same time, it's like <laughs> I was cracking up. I, she should have just helped at that point, <laughs> like open it. Like I I get it for you. Oh, hold on, I got it. I, I got. God damn it! Like it couldn't lift its <laughs> like it had an arm injury. It was like I can't lift it above an inch. It's just like, come on, come on, I got it. You just hear like the song, like, and then it like lift the little latch a bit, and then, then just I got try it again and keep falling and like, what was funny was it was constant. It was just somebody. It was a ghost really trying their hardest. Some which like really, yeah, really hard. It went super hard. It went from scary to funny to just sad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So uh, Sarah does outsmart the what her uh, whatever pursuer. She's able to climb and escape into another room, and you're like, hell yeah! And then she falls into a room which is completely covered, like Marcelo said, in barbed wire, razor wire, chicken wire, and it's just a room full of it. And I, this is where I was like, I was sad and kind of like disbelief and laughing because I'm like, we're in a dancing school. I know by this point everything is sinister in the school. But I was like, 
why in a dancing school do they require a room full of wire, like strip wires, uh, you know, sh- storage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially that much. Like, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's a room I full. I don't even I don't... think like Home Depot or Lowe's carries that much in a store. I don't think I don't think they own that much throughout their whole <laughs> thousands of stores they they have in the U.S. I don't think the place that manufactures that makes that much at a at a time. Yeah, it was crazy. Like there, it was a ton. It was like a ball pit filled with barbed wire. So her pursuer never gets her. No, yeah, it did. Cause and... Remember, it slashed her throat. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. God. Now it's even more sad. I thought she just died on her own because she couldn't escape. No, yeah, it did because she was starting to get free. And then when she finally, it was kind of like if you're in that foam pit and if you're a bigger guy like me, like you, you keep going and going, but you're dragged down by your just your own weights till you finally get your, pull yourself out of it. And uh, yeah, that was, it was just kind of like that. Like she finally gets the door open and she's like, ah, oh, I can get to somewhere and just take these off and nope slice and i'm like and you're like ah fuck yeah she was such a badass and the other guy's like huh maybe if i go in from the window on the razor wire room i won't have to deal with that pesky door handle (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and he's like oh shit she's here isn't there another (laughs) isn't there like another way around I want oh, yeah, to know the barbed wire room. I want to know. I, I forgot. Was this this is the same witch at the beginning? So they couldn't use their magic to open the door, and they're like, oh, "This one has that latch. That other window maybe they're did not tra- have that latch. This one does." Maybe, the, maybe, maybe they were trying. They were like, "Hmm." <laughs> like I've done things. I've I've used my power so much often. I should see if I can do this without <laughs> magic. You know, this is uh, no magic November. What well, we just gotta try this. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it real. Like, I'm not gonna do my match. Fuck! Wh- who put this fucking door latch on here? <laughs> oh, so poor, poor Sarah dies, and uh, yeah. So Susie essentially like asked where she she's went by herself. Yeah, isolated. Yeah, and Susie asked where she went, and they just say like, "Oh, she left." Like she, she fled. Morning. I saw she with- didn't tell anybody. She left this morning. I, I saw her with my own eyes. Yeah, she's gone. She's like, oh. <laughs> it was just like she's like, "Hey, have you guys seen where she's gone?" Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even let me finish that. She's gone. All right, she didn't say anything. Bye. Trust me, she she left. <laughs> she's alive and well. Didn't you see? Didn't you see? And there, yeah, she asked the hot guy, right? Yeah. By, didn't you see, by the way, we're asking everybody to take their latches off the doors. <laughs> didn't, didn't you see? Uh, didn't you see Sarah leave earlier this morning? He's like, as a matter of fact, I saw Sarah leave earlier this morning. It was like, that's not suspicious, yeah. but I guess I believe because you're hot. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. And <laughs> so, and so, Susie's just kind of. Um, she actually gets a hold of Sarah's friend, who's a former psychiatrist, and. He uh, he talks about how the school is established. It says by Greek em- emigre. I don't I don't think I'm saying that right. Um, like whatever. Elena Marcos yeah. in 1895, who was allegedly a witch. Um, and then she and then Susie consults with a professor uh, of the occult, who reveals that covens of witches can perish without their leader, from because that's who they draw power from. So th- apparently, yes. this poor <laughs> demon or witch. <laughs> Just didn't have enough power. He didn't suck enough teeth that day to where he's 
it just can't lift the latch. Mm-hmm. I think if I think if there's like a hell in this in this world, that poor that poor witch <laughs> is gonna be stuck in in like uh, on the outside trying to open buffet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just gonna no, be no, latches. no. I, I I think that I think her hell would be you can get out of hell if you could just unlock the door from the other side. Yeah, and then if they finally <laughs> get it, it's another door. <laughs> It's a barbed wire room. Yeah, exactly. It's a constant like thing of doors and barbed wires. And then blind man's guide dogs and, and stained also, glass windows. Also, too, this was what was really smart about this movie, which I loved, was Susie's listening to their footsteps to hear how many footsteps um, of to where everybody went to where why. Oh yeah, because because she's trying to follow yeah. along and figure out. Yeah, what and they go. Yeah, I was gonna say they go. In, don't they go in the wrong direction when it's dinner time? And that's when she's like, "Oh, they're not going to dinner." Yeah, she's like, "You go to the left, and it's uh, you know." And they go to the hall. They're not going to the left, though. They're going to the right. And so she essentially follows that to a room where, uh, well, she leave. She is in the school. Everybody's gone to attend a ballet, and then there's a bat that attacks her, and that's when she throws away her food because she doesn't want to eat anymore. And then she's trying to recount the footsteps and she enters into Madame Blanc's office. And then she said that she remembers that Pat says, remembering that Pat uttered the word secret and Iris the night she was killed. She discovers a hidden door by turning a blue Iris on the mural in Blanc's office. So it's kind of just like a regular blank wall with three little flowers kind of popping out. And then she turns it and then there's a secret door. I was going to say in this room too, it's one of the like, all white rooms except for the flowers. There's not a lot of color in this room. Yep. One of the parts in the movie, you're like, oh, this is definitely strange vibes. I mean, at the point in the movie, you should be feeling strange vibes already. But I'm like, whoa, the color is completely out of this room minus the three flowers painted on the wall. Yeah. And then, uh, and then so Susie enters this like corridor and she, she sees like all the instructors there in the room and pretty much they're talking about how they're going to have to kill her. And plotting different ways to do that. Um, And then says that Albert alerts Pavlos to Susie's presence. So she hides in an alcove where she, oh, so she finds Sarah's disfigured corpse there. I thought it was Olga. It's Sarah. Okay. Yes, that's that's correct. The one thing about these 70s movies sometimes is just some of the girls looks the same. They all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say too. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so Pavlos is looking for her and Susie actually goes into a bedroom where she finds Helena's the Helena Marcos's bedroom, the woman that the uh, the friend of Sarah said started the school, who was allegedly a witch. Um, she finds her sleeping, and it says, uh, recognizing her as the headmistress by her labored breathing, she accidentally wakes her by breaking a decorative peacock with crystal plumage. Um, Marcos renders this, herself. This is- Go ahead. This this woman, this headmistress is the Markle woman, the witch woman. Yep. The one who everybody's yep. drawn their power from. Who's over like 150 years old at this point. Yeah, exactly. So she, well, 1895 to seven, to 1977. I mean, she wasn't born in 1895. That's when she started the school. Yeah, true. It'd be about 100 years or so. But yeah, she's just there. And uh, So anyways, as she's in there, that's when she's like, talking some creepy shit to Susie and Susie keeps going towards the bedroom and you're kind of like, ah, God, I don't want to see this. And so Marcos then like says, wait till you see what arrives behind this. And she opens the thing to reveal Marcos, but she's invisible. 
and she keeps taunting Susie with voices all around before she reanimates Sarah's corpse to kill Susie. And while that's happening, Susie grabs like a peacock to try and stab uh, the to Marcos, but she she's like invisible. She can't do shit. And she sees her dead friend coming at her with a knife. So there's these flashes of lightning that inadvertently reveal Marco's silhouette. So Susie gets her, stabs her straight through the neck, with and it's uh and it causes Sarah's corpse to vanish. As this happens, she's like leaving the room, trying to get out of the school because the whole school is coming down. Everybody who is drawing power from from Marcos is essentially just has the same thing as her of being stabbed through the neck. And pretty much the whole school just comes down. Susie escapes and the school just essentially burst up in flames and the movie ends. And uh, I, (laughs) the way this movie ended, I, I loved it. Not going to lie. Oh, same. It it seemed, it it, it seemed like people might think it seemed rushed or too quick. Um, But, I was watching the credits until it faded to black and just hearing all the screams of like the, the teachers, the other girls, the Romanian servants, whatever in the school, just catching fire from the outside. I thought I'm like this and there's no music at that point either. You're just hearing the screams and the flames. I was just like, this is phenomenal way to end the movie. Yeah. Um, what was hilarious that was just the the end credit. It's just like you have been watching Suspiria. This has been a film you've been watching. <laughs> it's like <laughs> all right, I guess. All right, but I'm not gonna lie, Marcelo. I put this up there in my top five horror movies I've ever seen. Wow! That's... I'm not after watching after watching this first one. I it's up there. I will definitely be seeing this more, and I plan on showing like watching it with more more friends. It's up there, but it's I don't think it's in my top five horror films, but it is certainly I really think it's a classic and no joke, I'm gonna probably watch it a few more times. Um you know, over my life. Cause I I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I it was fun, fast paced, and everything just moved like kind of breakneck and like things just keep coming at you and I love not only just the way the film looked, but I love to death, and this is what I think that a lot of horror movies get. And I, the thing is, I I think that they get it wrong, but there is there's some debate on it, but within my head. Um, but I love the way it was shot. Um, I do kind of miss that old dramatic feel to a lot of movies, to where they'd let a scene breathe compared to like today's fast pace. Like I know I said that this movie was fast paced, but the fast pacedness of this is that you're still within the scene following one person. Whereas the fast paced of today's horror movies are, it's essentially cutting between two different things to essentially it's using the editing to pick up your anxiety instead of letting it breathe. And you're stuck in the room with the person trying to see what's going on. Cause any cuts happen when that there's shit that they don't have in the budget for like the bat that was trying to, the biter and was like going after her like that shit was frightening. And she's just trying to like throw it down. Like there's, it just did so many simple things. So great. And the thing is too, the one thing that I love about these seventies, eighties, even nineties horror movies was, and I don't know if it's the grain of everything. I can't really explain it, 
but it felt so I don't know if it's real or more that you had to buy into the realness of it. And I kind of feel like that's missing from today. And I don't know if that's just because technology's advanced so much to being digital. Um, but the best way I've ever heard it was uh, Tim from Tim and Eric saying that he was scared of Doctor Who for the longest time as a kid because he always thought that Doctor Who was in his basement. You know, and I and I think that there's some, oh whoa. So I think that there's some like kid vibes from older horror movies that I think are missing from today's digital movies. And partially with me, I think it's the editing, but it's also that they don't allow the scene to breathe in my, in my own thing compared to this to where everything is breathing and everything's alive. And you're just like constantly on edge. Cause you're with the person like you're on yeah. a journey with the person as opposed to but, I'm watching a movie and I'm just subjective. Absolutely. Like you're not only are you with your, you're, not only are you with the person discovering what's truly happening, you also see behind the scenes of these murders yeah. taking place. They're not accidents or these aren't people leaving the school. Yeah. So you're like, even though these deaths are happening, you're like, why are they happening? Who's doing them? You know, like, is it physically? Because, and that's another thing this movie kind of doesn't act, like answer. Like wh- who was, who was actually doing the killing? Was it, uh, Markle, was she doing it, or was it like a demon? Was it like curses? It never really explains it, but you you kind of get to know like this witchcraft stuff. I think maybe that's why I'm drawn to this movie, just because I don't. I witches terrify me. Yeah. Was was this movie scary? I thought it was really suspenseful. Um, but like, I, like you're saying, it does everything well. Yes, you're give. Like, you feel helpless because, you know, you're trapped in this room. And then, like, with the dinner and the food and the wine, is this food and dinner and the wine, is that also keeping her in that kind of, like, comatose, really tired, very weak state? Because remember, her friend tried to wake her up every night for a couple nights, and she she wasn't able to wake up. And and this also, as much as I love this movie, too, it also follows a rule that, that I hate. Um, of movies ending on the climax, but this is why this it works with movies like this because everything was so self-contained in the school that any leaks that got out tor- from the school, even people trying to help people from the school, were killed. So it was always in there. So when the girl finally killed the main part of the school and the school died, when she leaves and it just burst into fire and it just says, "You've been watching Suspiria." It gives you the, yeah. you know, like that's, it's kind of like the, yeah, the story can end there. That's perfect. You don't need to show if this girl lives or dies after that. She essentially set out to figure out what was going on with the school. She did. She killed it, literally killed the heart of the school, killed the school itself and just escaped. And then the next movie can, if there was a, ever a sequel, I, I don't think there was, but I'm just saying like, if you ever had a sequel or anything, then it could follow her PTSD of everything. Like, it's stuff like that. Like you've set up a little world within this and you've cut the ends of everything. And we just need to like end the movie. And there was no way it wasn't going to end better than just the school coming apart. You didn't need to have a her three months later and she's in some hotel and then something comes at her and, and tries to kill her. You know, it was just kind of, it ended and it was done really well. The story first and foremost, when it's done like this, I'm all for it. 
So I, I mean, I highly recommend uh, watching this film. It is on Tubi. Um, yeah, and, free. Uh, and then the remake is, is going to be on uh, the remake. I found out is on Freebie. Like it's on Amazon Plus and that, but it's also on Freebie. Yeah. So both these movies you can check out for free and much, well worth it. Yeah, and uh, the Amazon movie it was produced by Amazon. Just so everyone's aware too. Um, this movie was produced but, by Amazon. No, the uh, the second one, the one we'll be reviewing next week. Oh, gosh. It's like an it's like a it's like a Prime or Amazon original. Oh gosh. So, uh, I can't wait to compare the two films. Uh, from what I've watched, they are com- like there's similar whatever, but they're kind of completely different stories. Okay. Um, with a, with a similar like basis. So, um, I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, probably won't be as long as an episode of this week, guys. Sorry, I went off on tangents. No, uh, dude, your stories are great. Check out your local bingo hall. I don't even do. I don't even know. Is bingo still even a huge thing? Probably. I'm gonna actually look up bingo halls or bingo nights. Wow. Because if so, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a ton. Uh, yeah. There's the. Well, I was gonna say what's near us, but I don't, I don't really want to give away where we're near. That's uh, yeah, that's fine. I'll say it's that fine, there are, fine. from what I can see on Google, there's not as many as there used to be, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight within like an area we could reach that would be within about twenty minutes. Nice, yeah, because we don't want all you listeners to get our bingo prizes, so we're not going to disclose where we're at. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. All right, folks. Uh, well, we appreciate listening this week. Uh, we'll be back with Suspiria 2018 next week. Uh, you can find us on social media. As Marcelo said earlier, we're at Shufflebox Podcast on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at AlexVillios92 and on Letterboxd at AlexV1021, where I gave this a four star. Yeah, uh, I'm at Crow303 on pretty much everything, Instagram, Letterboxd, anything else you can find me on. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is probably four and a half for me. Nice. Good stuff. All right, folks. Well, until next week, uh, have a good week. Have a fun week. Have a safe week. We'll catch you on the next episode. We'll see you then, guys. Bye-bye. So long and good night, folks. That's what's happening with the Big Dog and Shufflebox. And as the Rogue Man says, now here's what's happening in your neck of the woods.